Hi, thank you for joining me for another episode of Intuition Your First Sense. This week, I have the pleasure of meeting with Karen McCall. Now, she's a trailblazer in the field of money coaching, truly, people. 33 years ago, Karen found herself in a deep financial trouble that, let's face it, most of us have experienced and didn't really see the professional help that she needed anywhere around her. So she was determined to figure out a sustainable way to stay out of debt for good. And she decided to create a signature method rooted in the understanding of her relationship with her money. And isn't this often how it goes? We create what we need most. So join me in having a great conversation. We're listening to a great conversation that I had with Karen today and check out her Money Grit program. So Karen, thank you so much for joining myself and the listeners on Intuition, Your First Sense. And I'm grateful. I'm always grateful when people are willing to come on and talk about what they're doing in the world and how they're helping others. And of course, if the word intuition is in there, I love it too. So, and the soul, I saw that on a listing. So thank you. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. It's so nice to be here, Vicki. And I loved when I was invited, seeing that you're talking about intuition and money, you know, (laughs) it's like, I love that connection. It's so important. I mean, I've been doing this coaching intuition thing for 21 years, and this is one of the primary subjects that comes up because, I mean, obviously I charge for my services. um, And one of the conversations that I will have with people is, can you afford me? Because if this is going to go on a card, I'm not going to work with you until, you know, there's, we, we can meet once, clear things up and all that, because I've been there, um, where debt was ruling my life and I was reaching out to everything. So can you help people understand, because I just gave a little bit of an intro when in the intro, tell us who you are, what, what you've been doing, how you helping? Okay. (laughs) Well, this is a really exciting time for me. I turned 77 last year. I'll be 78 this year. And um, I have been really kind of looking at, I started my business financial recovery in 1988 and um, really looking at where I'm going for this last stage, you know, of, of my work life. So it started out, gosh, back in the mid 80s, I was working for a the second largest computer company in the world. I had a beautiful office, big round bus building in San Francisco's financial district. And if you would have seen me, you would have just thought, wow, what a success, right? Mm-hmm. But behind that beautiful facade of my Italian suits and my briefcase and sports car, um, what I had was a dirty little secret. Mm-hmm. And that is that I was a wreck with money. I was alone for the first time in my life. I was divorced, my kids were off in college. And um, I had never learned how to handle money. And, oh, I didn't pay taxes when I got my divorce settlement. So I had tax things coming in and, you know, credit card bills coming out. I just went through the money and then just went through the credit. Mm -hmm. And um, I just put everything in a big bowl on top of my refrigerator and just like out of sight, out of mind. And then one day I came home and there was an eviction notice on my door. And so I thought, you know, I better do something about this. So I did. I um, pulled that big bowl down. And it was interesting. I was dating a guy at the time and he knew something was wrong, but he never asked about it. Mm. But he always paid for everything. I didn't volunteer to pay a dime for anything. 
and he would bring me these self-help tapes, you know, back. At, I mean, I don't know how old you When they came in the big folder. <laughs> I had stacks of them on the floor. And so the night that I decided to pull that bowl down and do something about it, I looked at that stack of tapes and I pulled out the one by Dr. Robert Shuler, Possibility Thinking. Mm-hmm. And as I listened to his words, I just found the strength to open every envelope, throw out all the duplicates, make the list. But I knew that I was in trouble and I didn't know where to go for help. At that time, we didn't have Google. We had um, the Yellow Pages. Mm -hmm. So in the Yellow Pages, I found debt counseling and then I found accountants and financial planners. So I knew financial planners and accountants were probably not going to be the answer. So I tried debt counseling and it didn't work. You know, it just didn't work because they wanted to take my money, pay my bills and give me a little bit of an allowance. And when you think about intuition, I was thinking about this this morning, um, getting ready for a meeting with you, Vicki. And I think, I feel like I've had a guardian angel of intuition following me this entire 30 some odd years that I've been in business. Mm -hmm. And my intuition told me that I was a serious case and I really needed to address it on all levels. So I went to therapy. I went to a 12-step program, and I just loved delving into it. I took, I would buy all kinds of little budget books and make little graphs and things. And um, at the time, I also knew that I was really unhappy with being in corporate America. So I signed up for a career exploration class. And as I took this class, I realized that what I wanted to do was help people who had problems with money. I figured that there were a lot of people like me. And um, so that's how it started. That's how it started. And um, at the time, I was. This was now later, after several, after two or three years, is when I realized I really wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. After about two or three years on my own journey, and um, at that time, I was dating John, who is now my husband. And I shared with him one morning at breakfast in San Francisco. I can picture us in that little restaurant, you know, thirty-three years ago. And um, I said, I want to start this business. I want to help people who have problems with money. He said, oh, financial recovery. I like that. So he named my business. Thank you, John. And, um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and now we actually have another business together, which I'll tell you about later. But he's a retired attorney. And um, we both work together now. And it's delightful. That's wonderful. I love hearing this because so many people, I, I feel like we especially in this culture, we don't really have the mentor or the conversations about money. I mean, I know I watched my parents struggle, but nobody ever discussed anything. And, you know, I I believe you when you, well, I believe everybody has intuition, but I believe you when you say, like, there was this little guardian, your intuition kind of protecting you and guiding you in a way, because that's when, when we start listening to that first sense, you know, that voice it does often line us up with the people or the service, you know, or the, you know, the, just that connection um, because they're, you know, there is such a thing as divine intervention when we have gone so far astray that we can't, but we have to listen, you know, you have to be able to, and by reaching up and taking that bowl down, you, I feel like you were saying to then your own spirit, your own soul, and whatever helpers that were around, let's do this thing. Um, I'm showing up. I'm here. I might have been avoiding before, but here I am. And let's take the natural intelligence I have and and pull it together. And then your heart gets involved with there's got to be others, you know, that are yeah. hurting. And I mean, I think we do lead, we do end up 
if we're listening to our soul, we do end up providing a, a purpose or a, a helpfulness because we can empathize. We can know where it's coming from. It's part of the reason I love trauma work. You know, I don't love the fact that people have trauma, <laughs> but I love helping people. And I, I got a good kick out of when you said just digging in because, oh, that's my favorite part. I'm like, oh, let's yeah. just go in. Come on. It won't be that bad. Um, so right. I, it, it, it's, can you tell, uh, so people know what is the current product? Like, what do you, how are you helping people today? And then we will weave it in and we'll talk about how it got here and all that. Yeah. Uh, Cause I want people to be in on the, in on, on the inside as we're talking. Well, yeah. And I'll just say two little things and then I will. Um, okay. When I started, I worked one-on-one -on -one with people, you know, with individuals, couples. And then before long, I had people saying, I love what you do. It's making such a difference in my life. They knew I was doing a good living doing it. They wanted me to train them. So then now for probably the last 20 years, I've been training money coaches worldwide. Mm. And now it's so much easier than yes. we before. Um, and what I, what I realized early on was that I needed, um, for me to heal, I knew that I needed to deal with money on a practical level, really get smart with money, learn to touch my money, get involved with my money. I knew emotionally that there was a lot going on, early trauma, early abuse, neglect, yeah. um, and spiritual. You know, I just knew that I had to work on all three of those levels. So for the practical level, I started out, I created a program called Money Minder, and it was a paper and pencil system. I love that. And uh, and then, of course, after a while, my clients would come in and they'd say, hey, I put this on Excel. This is too much work adding this across. And so then we, we had it. Money Minder moved from pencil and paper to Excel. And then in 2013, I launched my first um, software program. And um, however, technology really changes, right? And so the technology was old. And so a decision that my husband and I made together this last year, um, as a matter of fact, talk about dreams. We, my husband retired a little early. He's younger than I am. I'm just going to work until he was 70. But I've always wanted to travel. So I said, I, I want to go to Europe and live for two or three years. And I want to find a software developer. I want to see if I really do want to go to this next generation of software. And um, so we went. We had to come back early because of COVID, unfortunately. But uh -huh. we've been working with the developer in Barcelona. And we've now launched Money Grit. I love that title. I just as a not to interrupt, but it as an aside because one of the premises I've had in my own life, integrity is a big word for me. Like to be in integrity, and you can't have integrity without grit because it's right there in the word. And to hold your own integrity when other things, even if it's a purchase or you know you want that hit from buying something, you you gotta have grit. <laughs> you you got to have some uh, belief in self and some idea of sustainability and, and all of that. So when I saw the name Money Grit, I was like, oh, this resonates on so many levels as well. So um, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, you know, perseverance, resilience. You know, I, I um, first heard the word, I was in therapy and this therapist said to me, um, I knew you had grit and I knew it was a compliment and I kind of knew what the word meant. And that was many, many years ago. And then of course, Angela Duckworth published yeah. her beautiful book a couple yeah. of years ago called Grit. Yep. I have it over there. Yeah, I have it too. And when I read it, I thought, oh my gosh, this is really what I've gone through, what my clients have gone through. It's yeah. like, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of 
you know, showing up and um, falling off the wagon and coming right back. You know, I mean, it really does take grit. So we were in Porto, Portugal, when I woke up one morning. And a few years ago, I was in a mediation because the Trademark Commission granted two trademarks for money minders. So we tried for months to come up with another name. Couldn't do it. So we just went, we added online, money minder online. But I woke up this morning and I just knew money grit. I just knew that was the name. And that was um, just about a year ago, just about a year, wow. a little less than a year ago. Wow. And then I found a designer in London. I joined this women's group and it's just been a wonderful journey. Mm. And when you talk about intuition today, when I thought of this, I thought, and maybe this happens to you, but anytime I'm going to write an article or I'm going to give a talk, I'll go to my library and it just seems like I just look and I pull up the right book with the right quote with the, you know, yeah. and it's just, yeah. it's just amazing. And I've always just said, I have this guardian angel who just has led me. Yeah. It may be true. We all have a guardian or solar angel. Uh, however, I always love to, to pause people and say, okay, a little credit where credit's due. This is you lining up with you that allows for your vision, literally your physical eyes to even lock on that book because it seems like it gets, it gets brighter on the bookshelf, right? You've looked at right. it over and over. When I suggest people, um, seek something out there when they're seeking something or if they want to get a deck of Oracle cards or something, I'm like, well, I can tell you, but it's much more effective if you just go stand in front of them and see which one jumps out at you, which is also a lot of fun too. Cause sometimes it'll be dolphins and the person will be like dolphins. I'm like, well, go for it. So yeah. that, that is you to me, that's you lining up with your soul that said, I'd like to come in and help people in this way. And you're listening. So it's that merging, which is so exciting for me, the merging of that non-physical intelligence with your willingness, your grit to put in the work because it takes a lot to be a solopreneur and, and especially to develop software entrepreneur um, to develop software and to step out there and say, I, I really want to help people with this. So that, um, that's what I, 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 I love about the, um, the creating, I saw a line that you said, creating a business that feeds your soul and your wallet. And I'm like, yes, because I work with a lot of companies and I'll say, okay, the money's great and we'll do that. We'll get there. I need to hear where you're going, what you feel, like what's in the soul, including those places of doubt or the belief systems that are getting in the way. And how do we clear those? Because, you know, money's a root chakra issue most of the time, but it comes up into the heart. And if those those aren't dealt with, you forget the power center. That's just going to check out. So um, that was one of the reasons I was like, we have to have her on because people, I love the empowerment that... I call it a prosperity plan, not a budget, um, because I found people got locked locked up with the word budget, and um, I so I started calling it a prosperity plan, and and working with a calendar, and literally people would come to my office and I the bowl you're talking about, I would say put it in a in a garbage bag, 
bring it in and we would sit on the floor and do exactly what you said. And, and I'd hug them halfway through. I'm like, we're going to do this. It's okay. Because I've been there, you know? So, so your intuition, you woke up with that money grit. So to me, that's a precognitive message, right? So that, or a download, I call them downloads. (laughs) You You get the download while we sleep and then you have to be willing to listen to it when you wake up. So you did. I did. I did. And you know what, um, the process that I, that I created, Vicki, was when I started, I thought, okay, I'm going to be working with people just like me, you know, in debt, probably make decent money, never learn to have any money. And so I created a process where um, I, the first book I wrote was to write their money autobiography so they could see how they develop their belief systems and attitudes about money, yeah. how that drives a lot of their behaviors. And then I created this, I call them a spending plan and an earning plan. I love yeah. yours. I never use the word, the B word, never use the B word. <laughs> it feels restrictive. It is. And, and one of the things that has, um, one of the things that I believe um impacts a lot of people is when they are not able, they're not tuned in to what their needs are. And if you look with trauma, you know that. You know that people who um, just kind of shut down, they don't have any needs, right? right. It's going to drive a lot of their behaviors. They're either going to be constantly craving and longing for things. And they think that, you know, this tube lipstick will do it or this, you know, new iPhone or, you know, um, but and, and what I think really contributes to somebody getting to that place where they're living in deprivation is where they're doing without something that's really important to them. It could be material, physical, spiritual, but they've neglected. It's just like they're dissatisfied and unhappy. They're doing without things that are important, or they make do. You know, they just sort of cobble things together, um, like the duct tape approach. Mm-hmm. But there's still a lot mm-hmm. of um, stuff that's kind of undone in their life. They're dissatisfied. And then the overdoers. Just over volunteering, over committed, overworking, overspending, and all three of those states doing without, making do, and overdoing leads to a person living in that depleted state, you know, mm-hmm. that state of deprivation. Mm-hmm. And so everything in my work is I, I say that my money program, the Money Grid, it's um, category needs based and category driven. And what I mean by that is as we go through and create categories that where a person spends money, you know, money touches almost every area of my life. Sure. I want them at the same time when they get to every category to kind of do an assessment of are they doing without making do or overdoing? You know, how do they feel about their home? How do they feel about their wardrobe? How mm-hmm. do they feel about their spiritual book? How do they feel about, you know? And so as they're doing that, they create a needs and wants list. And then, and one of the reasons that I went into the software business, if there was a software program out there, that I could have used as a counseling tool to accomplish what I felt needed to be accomplished, I would have never gone into the software business. It's expensive, it's a lot of work. Um, But I knew that I needed some features um, to really help people get strong with money. And um, so that's why I I went into the software business, just because I needed these certain things. And I'll give you an example. Um, If people do a plan, Kind of. Usually things will change throughout the month. Right. 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 And if they can just go in and change that plan number, they're not going to learn why it changed. Did it change because they just didn't plan enough? Did it change because something came up they could not have anticipated? 
did it change because um, they just thought, wanted it and, you know, the heck with my spending plan. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I built in is I say, leave your initial figures and we're going to do an adjustment. But as they do that adjustment, then they ask themselves those questions. You know, mm-hmm. why did this change? You know, mm-hmm. and not to judge themselves at this point. It's getting to know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But I get emotional or fearful, I do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's another thing that we look for um, is when people put in things to take care of themselves and then they don't do it. Right. So there's really that reason is that's fourth. And um, what I found is that people can have two different reactions. One person may feel, I have no needs. Thank you very much. Everything is a want. They can, it's too painful to think they have needs because they, they don't believe they can be met. Or the other person who can't tolerate any kind of delayed gratification. So everything is a need. I have to have it. So in that exercise, what I tell people is, if you can't decide whether it's a need or not, put it on both. It will get clear over time. Mm -hmm. But my belief is that people don't meet their needs first. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be able to heal the relationship with money. Mm -hmm. Because as they begin to take care of these areas of deprivation, Something starts happening at a very deep level. Like, oh, it feels good to have those windshield wipers on my car. Oh, it feels good to have a bra that fits, you know, nice in the wear. It feels good to have gone to the dentist. It feels good to have gotten new tires for my car. You know, just those little mm-hmm. things. I took a Saturday and took my dog and went and took a walk on the beach. And now they can start increasing their capacity to have things come into their life. And I think everyone is looking for some kind of purpose. You know, that's why I say it has to be practical, emotional, and spiritual. Mm-hmm. And and so those things start pushing a, pers- a person deeper. And so that's what I've loved about the work. And one other reason that I started the company is um, I think that it's important for people to separate their personal and their business. Thank findings. you. And so I have two versions. I have the personal version and I have the business version. And when I wrote my last book, Vicki, um, my research was just pulling out some of the banker boxes from the basement and going through old client files. And I wanted to answer the question, well, what brings people in for counseling? And um, I knew it was some version of, you know, getting out of debt for sure. Um, but almost everyone said some version of, I want to have uh, improve my relationship with money. I want to learn to save. And, um, and But the other thing I saw were the clients I'd worked with where we worked on the solopreneurs, where we worked on their personal finances and their business, we have them both. Their businesses really took off. Mm-hmm. You know, because that, talk about intuition, probably mm-hmm. my second or third month of working with people, I thought, I have to create a program for their businesses. Because all the little business people I worked with, they always had a back door. Yeah. The business finances, they come in, it's like, no, no, we didn't do any of this. Oh, but they did it over here. Yeah. You know, so we had to really have our arms around everything. And uh, so that was really, and it wasn't that I didn't know it, you know, okay, yeah, this client's doing well this day. But then when you start just seeing it, when you sit down and really look at it, it was was really validating in terms of how powerful the process was for business owners. It's so, it's so important to hear that whole person, well, even whole uh, entity, whole relationship approach, whether it's their relationship with their money, their relationship with their business, it all is about the relationship with yourself. 
you know, so sometimes we go through the business to, <laughs> to get to self, right? They could come to you because it sounds to me, you can correct me if I'm off base, but it, because they have this fundamental thing looking them right in the face and perhaps their own intuition was saying, you know, I'd really like to get to know you person who I'm walking around with every day. And, you know, they want to know self. And I think purpose, that's always been kind of a sticky word for me because the self-help world likes to put it out as, you know, what is your life purpose? And there's like this big thing about it. And I'm like, I really believe that people's purpose is they, they, they want to feel value, you know, they, they want to feel value within themselves. And I would imagine that if one is not feeling value within themselves, you're working a lot. <laughs> and that's likely where the extra expenditures come from um, or just not sitting down and, and having a conversation with your money, um, with the appreciation that's around you. So the the... The, I love the idea of the relationship because I'm sure you see it, hear it, that premise of let me get you to your six-figure business. Not one of those programs, because I've signed up for a few as I'm very, <laughs> I'm kind of nosy. I like to be in there learning about all this. I think it's important to learn, but sometimes I want to learn what not to do. <laughs> and there were a couple programs that I sent messages to the privately, you know, and said, nobody's talking about expenditures. We're all talking about bringing things in, but what are we, where's the expenditure sheet? Like, yeah. like, where's all this? And they just glossed over it. So it's so heartening and refreshing um, to hear that there's this whole being again approach. Um, what do you, what do you feel? You said that you, in your research, you found that a lot of people, it was about their relationship with money, which they probably couldn't articulate until you helped them with that. Do you think? One of the, well, yeah, they'd say some version of it, but what, what many people would end up saying is, I finally feel like they're grown up with money. You know, they feel, oh, I can handle it. You know, I know what to do. When you're talking about business owners um, and their relationship to earning and their relationship, you know, you have to look at the other side. Um, one of the exercises that I have people do, business owners do, well, I've had other people do it as well because it can help with their salary negotiations and stuff. Oh, wonderful. I have them do a work history autobiography where they list every job they have ever had. Mm -hmm. How did they get it? While they were there, how did they feel about the job? Um, what were their duties? You know, did it match up with what they wanted to be doing? How were they paid? How did they feel about what they were paid? And then how did they leave? And yesterday, um, I'm doing my last certification for many coaches right now. And um, yesterday we had our kickoff meeting and two of the coaches said, um, you know, a few months ago, I just somehow didn't feel that I knew enough or I, was, I had enough value to bring. And she said, but I went back and did that work history autobiography and I said, wow, I have a lot of value that I bring. And so I think, you know, as we heal the deprivation, that feeling of more, I am worthy, but I also have value that I am bringing. And I think that is what purpose is for people. They want to feel acknowledged. I mean, Maslow's mm -hmm. hierarchy of needs, we want to feel that, you know, we're making a contribution. Mm -hmm. If it's just in our family, it doesn't have to be a big contribution to the universe. But do we feel that we're valuable, yeah. you know? Um, so, yeah, I, 
that is all so much a part of the work. You just can't deal with just the numbers yeah. and say, oh, let's make seven figures. Yeah. Um, I always think if I sat down and did a spending, an annual spending plan, that's another tool that I have in MoneyGrit. In addition to the monthly and that adjustment process, which I have um, that no other program has, we also have the annual plan. So we do the monthly plans, but then you go in and do the annual. And now you're tracking against the annual. And that helps people break denial at a bigger level. It's I call it the graduate school of spending plans, spending and earning plans, because you say, okay, this is what I, what this they know what they need to earn personally because they've done their personal. Mm-hmm. Now they know what they need to run their business. Then do they need to grow their business? Mm-hmm. And so we go through every category of their business, just like we do every category of a person's personal life. Um, in your thing that you sent out today, you said, make sure you have a nice background. You know, I've got good cameras. I've got lights. You know, to take an inventory, what are your needs and wants in your business? Yeah. If you're just spending on your wants, but not really, you know, doing podcasts and not having good lights. Yeah. Um, so that people, if they start doing that same thing in their business. What are my needs? How am I sabotaging my needs? Just going for the wants. And then I never really get grounded in my business. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a powerful process because, you know, it is emotional, practical, and it is a spiritual journey for people, you know, when they're doing this kind of work. It is. There, I, I'm having a, an internal giggle going on here because I, I feel like, um, like often people will come to me and they think that we're only going to talk spiritual and I will ask them about, and these are people who might not own businesses either. They're, they're working through their own belief systems or challenges in family or whatever. And I will ask them about their systems. I will ask them how they feel about the work they're doing, um, you know, and, and really get in touch with that. And a lot of the times the, to that regard, the business owners that hire me to get a little bit more, uh, to build their business, to to expand it in some way, to bring some spirit to it, are all, they're like, I didn't think I signed up for this. And, you know, because we're talking about, well, that relationship you have with your mom, it's affecting your wallet, you know, so let's go in there and let's talk about this. So <laughs> there's, in a universal sort, that I am having a little giggle because I feel like we're doing the same exact things with and and helping people in that whole place and then connecting the soul with it, we have different avenues of coming in. And this is what I love about the helpers that are in the world and the the people who are courageous enough to ask for the help. Because talk about grit, it takes yeah. grit and courage to say, this is this is not where I want to be. I have some sense of where I want to be, yet I can't quite speak it or speak of it. Maybe I'm not in touch with it. So I, I love, I just love when people get help. I don't really even care where they get the help <laughs> as long as they're, they're getting the help. And then if I can help spread, help spread it. Um, so what do you mean when you say like a business that feeds your soul? and your wallet? Well, I'll speak to my, of, of myself. <clears throat> you know, one of the, the reason I came up with that is I, when I um, talk to people about training to become a money coach, 
one of the things I say is that to me, this has been the perfect, perfect business for me because I get to make a difference in people's lives, facilitate a process for people to um, become grown-ups with money, learn to have more of the kind of life they want to have, feel empowered. Um, that feels good to me here. Yeah. Here. You know, yeah. I mean, the audience can't see me, but I'm... <laughs> in the heart, you know, in the heart, in the power. In my heart. In my heart. Yeah. And I get to make a good living doing it. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that is the combination. And that's why one of the chapters I have in my book is called, Is Your Work Working? And I have people go through an exercise, you know, is there work working, but the money doesn't? Yeah. Is it work, but the work doesn't? Yeah. Both work or do both not work? You know, so first is, and, and if people have money problems, they do not feel that they have the choice. Like me, I did not feel that I could leave corporate America until I got my arms around my money. Sure. And, um, and that was not so filling, fulfilling work for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I mean. I mean, work that feels connected to what you want to be doing. You get up in the morning and you're not going, oh, my God, I just dread going to work today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's so wonderful. My husband really didn't enjoy being a lawyer. And that's what's so much fun. He says, this work really helps people, you know. Oh. And um, that's a quality that a lot of people look for. And I'm not, I don't believe that everybody is going to find that perfect profession, Right. right? But they, it, but you know, if they have to work at a job that maybe they don't absolutely love, um, they still then need what do they have control over mm-hmm. that they can change and have it be more meaningful. Mm-hmm. And they'll know because it's if they get in touch with their feelings. That's another thing I have in Money Grid is when people spend. There's a little memo that they can write down how they felt when they spent it. Mm-hmm. Start getting in touch with. Um, the feelings and emotions. Yeah. And then by doing the historical work, looking at your history with work and earning, looking at your history with um, your, from the, the autobiography that I have people write starts people from their earliest memories through their adolescent, then adolescent years, then young adulthood, and then present day. Sometimes they don't have a lot of memories when they're really young. Right. But it starts. Um, and then they'll go, oh, that's, those are feelings that I, you know, it's messages that I got from my family that, you know, may have been tacit, but they were so loud, you know, they might as well have been on the refrigerator. And um, to start recognizing that, yeah, when I get triggered, I understand now I have compassion for myself. That's the other thing I think we all have to have when we're on this journey. Is, Majorly. Well, I felt so guilty for so long that I knew I had to resolve this, that I had wasted so much of my life. I mean, I was in my 40s. Yeah. When I when I decide, was bottoming out around money, and um, it just seemed like that I was too old. I mean, it was too late for me. Mm-hmm. And here I am, seventy seven. Well, okay, so forty. It seemed like maybe I was over the hill, but here I am, thirty some years later. Yeah. You know, and a lot has changed. So I don't think anyone is ever too old I to agree. say. Um, you can make things better because yeah. if, if you live another two or three years or five or 10 or 20, yeah. um, boy, that's, you can really, really change yeah. um, the experience rather than just saying, oh, I'm too old, just have to live with this for the rest yeah. of my life. I, I have a, a statement. It's <laughs> probably a little rough, but um, it works. Uh, and because I have people of all um, ages that come to me for, for services. And, and I had a gentleman who was early eighties and he, he wanted to write a book 
And he's like, but um, I'm too old. And I just said to him, are you still sucking oxygen? And he's like, I believe so. I said, well, then I can't believe that. Because if you're here and as a physical being, you are still taking in oxygen, there is something that you're here to learn. There is something that you have within you that can be offered and it can be holding the door for someone. It does not have to be a big stage. It doesn't yeah. have to be maybe the book. We actually came to the point where he wrote the book for his family. It wasn't about putting it out there and doing a book tour and all that because I said, it seems like that's overwhelming. Is this a gift for your family? And he lit up and then he had it done, you know, so it's that compassion, that understanding, and I think a little bit of not listening <laughs> to societal messages or anything like that and understanding maybe it is a society message and I don't have to listen to that. So I love the, I personally don't believe we're supposed to have careers. I, I think we're here to expand, to grow, um, but in that and expansion and in that growing, something you maybe do a complete, you know, left turn. I was in healthcare finance, you know, so spreadsheets, when you say spreadsheets, you're speaking to my heart, <laughs> like a good reconciliation still, still makes me very happy inside. And like you, I was in my mid forties to late forties, no mid forties when the whole, in the early forties and then solidified it in the mid forties when my husband passed, you know, around the money thing where I was like, boy, you really better get your stuff together. I mean, I was the primary f money, so that was good. But the beliefs around it, the parental stuff that you're carrying, all of that lives within our neural pathways, you know, and right. I'm sure you see that. And I love the, the ask yourself the feeling, you know, what is the feeling? Because I have seen, I call it micro movements matter. Like those little tiny movements, they add up just like spending adds up. So do those micro movements. But if you catch yourself compassionately in the emotion that's going on, oh, big change can happen. And maybe it's that big change in that moment that you walked out of the store or that you stepped away from your computer and you did not hit purchase or, you know, whatever, or give that person the money because they're not doing their own work. So all of it still coming from that, that value place. Um, I, I, I just, I love this. And I know we talk about business owners, but I feel like this applies individually as well. Um, maybe even more so to more people individually, because they're not, not everybody's a business owner. So, and the idea of being, you know, Value-wise, value of self and value of your money, mm -hmm. I think is, is, is a gift you give yourself, like that freedom of, well, I could purchase that. I use that statement with myself a lot. I could purchase that. I choose not to, mm -hmm. you know, when the autopilot wants to kick in <laughs> yeah. of I'll feel better. And, so. and that can be another thing that can help people. You know, we have so many decisions we have to make constantly. Oh. And when we're out shopping, we have a lot of decisions to make. I mean, just grocery shopping. And so one of the great thing about doing a spending plan at the beginning of the month is you, you sit there and you make a lot of your decisions. 
And then and what I have in my process, there's a summary page that will answer the question. They do their plan. Will their plan work? And then if not, they go back and they work on adjustments, trying to keep the integrity of their spending plan mm-hmm. and asking themselves if they can meet those needs in ways that cost less or no money. Mm-hmm. So armed with a good spending plan going into the month where, you know, you are um, definitely taking care of some of your needs, you mm-hmm. know, and but you're also taking care of business. It's so freeing for people. Mm-hmm. I still do it to this day. I do a spending plan every month and I do one for the year. I work and I watch them because um, it's just such a great barometer mm-hmm. for how things are going, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of people, um, and another thing that I have is a program called Saving Your Way Out of Debt. And um, so often, you know, people have the idea that if you have debt, your life just has to go on hold. No goodies, no dinners out, no new clothes. No vacations, you know, just everything goes from getting out of debt. And that doesn't work for most people. Right. It's too restrictive. And so I have people deal with their relationship to debt and the relationship to savings. So they may pay minimum on their credit cards right at the beginning, but they've got to start building up some savings. Savings that they're going to spend, savings for periodic expenses that will come up throughout the month and throughout the year. Those non-monthly expenses are what quite often ends up on the credit cards, you know? Oh, right, right. Like the car repair or last night I had my cat at the vet, you know? Yeah, exactly. things like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I, you know, so, you know, I just feel that all of those areas that we, we hear people say, if you have any extra money, throw it all on debt. And the reason for that is because people are paying so darn much money on credit cards, sure. right? But I'm looking for the long game. You know, it's if people have been in debt for months or years, sometimes decades, they're carrying credit card debt and paying high interest. So if we say, okay, at this stage, you know, maybe you're going to pay minimum while you start saving for these periodic expenses. And that starts shifting a person from not being a saver to being a saver. They often don't want to touch it then for those periodic expenses. Um, and then there's a couple of other levels as well, but, um, you know, really exploring everything, not just how we spend, but how we save. There's so much out there about debt, but not savings. The second level of savings that I have is safety net savings. And this is really important for entrepreneurs. Um, I do not use the word emergency savings. Mm-hmm. Thank you. There are very few, I mean, there are emergencies, right? I mean, COVID, but <laughs> COVID is, yeah. I mean, we there was no way we could have known when we were in Europe that we would have had to fly back and pay a fortune because we had to do it in two days. Um, but even that, if you're traveling, yeah, you might have to fly home. So, I mean, yeah, but there are earthquakes and there are fires and floods and um, different things. But most things people can plan for if they're conscious and go, you know, yeah, in addition to my monthly bills, I have these periodic expenses that come up. But then for entrepreneurs, um, we want to take vacations. You know, we want to be able to take sick leave. So the second level of savings that I have people start looking at is their safety net savings, which is to cover income shortages or losses. And uh, and for entrepreneurs, it's that. But even if somebody is working for someone else, when does their disability kick in? What do they need for safety net? Mm -hmm. And so that's a triangle, the periodic savings and then the safety net savings and then their investment savings is up here and these protect it. So often people have to 
either cash in their 401ks or their IRAs. I mean, they borrow from their 401ks, they cash in their IRAs, they have tax consequences. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's also three levels of getting out of debt. The first level is stabilizing. You know, if you're on a hole, stop digging. Um, And then the next, but during that stage, while they're stabilizing, they may be paying minimum and starting to work on their savings. And then the next level is, okay, now that you're stabilized and you have spending time, you really can see what you can do Mm -hmm. to start really chipping away at that debt. Mm -hmm. Um, I call that debt repayment. Mm -hmm. And that is um, what's important during that phase. It could take a year. It could take five years, depending on how far in debt someone is. Mm -hmm. But at that stage, they get to still live their life, even though they're not yet debt free. And Mm -hmm. that is a really important message for people. Mm -hmm. And then the third stage is um, being debt free. And what I learned in working with people and myself, it wasn't enough to just say, okay, there's three levels and you're debt free. Because people were really at risk when they got out of debt to go back into debt. Right. And so, you know, I would finish with my clients and they accomplish their goal, they'd leave and then they would be back. It's like, okay, I need to build more into the process. So there's life after debt. Yeah. <laughs> supporting people to be able to tolerate, this is all mine. I don't owe it to these creditors, you know, and what that's like. So yeah. it's a very holistic process, you know, that I've, created over these 30 years yeah and 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 that's very evident um in in your website and in the the content and let me tell you people that this is extremely generous um the the price on your product is extremely generous uh and i when i saw that i was like this is this is heartfelt um, because we do as a business have to make an income if you still want us here to help. Uh, you know, there is that, there is that reality to it. Um, and I feel like, I think a lot of people are looking at this more closely now. And, and this, this has been, I think I've, I've been calling it the gifts of COVID. There have been some gifts that come out of this because we do need to look at the spending and we did need to get, you know, if you didn't have all of this already in place, yeah, there's some very real conversations that had to happen. And I see this, what you're talking about, the holistic approach to everything, it really is about investing in self, you know, because you invest in your health too, because that stress about being in debt or that stress about how do I pay the the babysitter this week, or, you know, it's not all about income. A lot of it is about how am I trying to fulfill myself through, you know, or just not learning great habits. So I I do love that, that whole, um, okay, this is where you are, the matter of factness of it, right? Like, this is where you are, but that's okay. We have all this that we can help with. Um, and one of the premises of the coaching, well, my wiring, but the coaching that I do is I'm often pointing out what others can't see in themselves. I feel like my job is often to introduce people to themselves, mm-hmm. to say, listen, I see all this value in this ability and this amazing resiliency. Do you? You know, and I don't sugarcoat. I'll, I'll see if I, I'll call it if I think that they're BSing as well. But um, 
So while people are going through this now and they may not have a clear idea or, yeah, they may not have a clear idea of what's coming in. Um, how would you, is, is there anything that you could suggest besides what you've given, you've given us a lot today and this is going out at the first of the month. So I'm going to issue a challenge to my people. (laughs) Well, that's a great question. And it is when I train many coaches, but one of the things I tell them is, um, your number one objection when somebody calls, when an entrepreneur calls about your services and you say, yeah, we do this and we're going to learn how to you know, plan. The number one thing that they will say is, I can't do that because I don't know what I'm going to make. Mm-hmm. That's the number one obstacle that they feel. And what I always say is more important than ever because they will get clear. So, for example, um, I, I, for some reason, I have, there were a couple of years where I had a lot of contractors and they were notorious for saying, um, well, I'm going to bring in this amount, and it would be so different. Be- because when I would put it down, I'd say, is there a 100% chance you're getting this? Well, no, I actually haven't invoiced yet. Yeah. Um, no, I yeah. have these orders to do. Oh, yeah, but now I've finished the work. I haven't invoiced, and I have sent a bill, but I didn't send a follow-up, and they're 30 days late. Yes. So, I've worked with these same people. <laughs> absolutely. So, um, but also... And I hope I can explain this is, you know, sometimes there's stuff that happens and you hope you can explain it, but, um, getting clear on what a person needs to earn. Right. is really one okay. of the first steps. So have my personal plan. This is what I need to pay myself to have this life that I want that I've created. Mm-hmm. And if it's way more than the person's comfortable with, maybe they have to downsize, but usually you know, they can come up. They haven't really thought about it. now. They do their business plan. Okay, what do they need to earn to run their business? Now they have a concrete number of what they need to earn. Without that, how can you come up with a marketing plan and decide I'm going to do this or that? And I would always, it's like, okay, what do I, what's my lifestyle going to be this year? What do I need to earn? Then you have a concrete number rather than just, well, I want to make six figures or I want to make seven figures. Um, you want to have it be something that's based in reality right. of what you want your lifestyle to be. And then um, what do you need to be supporting in that? So um, I, I, when people would call and say, well, I want to come in and work on my under earning. Um, we never really know is somebody under earning or they overspending. <laughs> you know, it's usually a combination. So it, we would deal with their earning, whether it was under earning or what, but it wasn't, um, that wasn't the thing all by itself. That may be the benefit that they would get. They learned how to um, use their money so that, you know, they feel good about what they're earning. They may be earning enough. More often what I would see is really when we would do the annual plan, because that's what at the beginning of January, you want to get that annual plan done early in the year. Mm. And then you say, okay, if I'm going to earn this, what are the steps I need to take? Then you can come up with the rest of your plan for how you're going to earn that money. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to have that before a person's going to be able to determine. And then because they're tracking, and remember I said that um, when they track every month, then it transfers over to this annual. Mm -hmm. If people see side by side, well, this is what I earned in January. This is what I earned in February. This is what I earned in March. Same thing with um, their expenditures. One month at a time seeing figures doesn't necessarily break through that denial for someone. If they start seeing it side by side, it's like, 
I said the graduate school of um, plans, they go, whoa, look at, hey, so often I was doing this with somebody recently. She said, I didn't realize I made this much. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, it's way less than what they think, but a lot of times it's like, no, I make more. They're unconscious. So everything in my process is designed to help people get really strong and connected with their money and to see what the numbers are telling them mm-hmm. and then see what they want the numbers to tell them. You know, it's a, it is a process that evolves over time. Yeah. And it's so important because this also relates to, you know, money is a frequency. It's a vibration in the universe. So a lot of, like when I've worked with people, not as detailed as you do, but when I work with them, I will say, okay, but how do you feel about that amount that you're tossing out there because if you don't feel the value of the amount that you're want, your head is saying you want, but your own value or frequency within is is not resonant with that, there's a very real like uh, clog <laughs> in in the pipe here because you won't be able to manifest that. Like you might be, be busting your butt. But it very rarely shows up in a way that is is um, is equal to the amount that someone said if they're in that reverse space. So right. the, so then yeah. that's that's where that's that self value. That, that's why that process I was describing early on, where where people start, you know, that clog. I like the way you're talking about that. That clog. That's what I was talking about is they start tuning into some of their needs yeah. and start pushing them deeper. It's unclogging that yeah, yeah. so that they do start feeling that they have value and yeah. they deserve. So they have to create that container if there's that big block that says, no, you're not worthy. Yeah. You don't deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. And you to see that it. one of the joys that I have in my work is to see that turn on in someone. Like you can, you can I love that too. You can yeah. watch it. You can see it. And you're like, oh, it's coming. Here it, here it comes. When when someone recognizes their own value, I've called it my contact high before. Like, I'm, I'm not sitting here taking the credit for it. However, that is really cool. And it's just this light that emanates from yeah, their being. Cool. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's such a privilege to be part of that. Um, but then I think it also gives like these ideas that when you go to your bookshelf and that pops out or you wake up in the morning and it's money grit. Um, I, I, because we are all contributing, I feel like that's the dance that happens too energetically is, you know, when there's expansion of one, it contributes. And then if we happen to be in that, um, in the, process of it with them, uh, I feel like it does go out exponentially. And that's why I, I wanted to have this conversation because I feel like we can affect change on so many levels and someone might hear this and not be ready. And then in June, something doink in their heads. Absolutely. So if you're listening to this and you're like, no, 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 just bring back that talk about angels and stuff. That's okay. Just let it sink in. <laughs> <laughs> because somewhere along the line, I promise you, your soul is going to speak to you and it's going to say, I'm value. I have value. I want to feel that value. Now let me follow through and see if I can 
create that value. And of course you can, no if. One of the, um, and she was a therapist and um, somebody who went through my training. And when we were looking at her clothing category, she had just clothes, you know, and I said, well, let's talk about your wardrobe. And, um, you know, how about your underwear, you know, your workout clothes, shoes, skiers, ski clothes, you know. And she said, I just don't spend money on that. She said, I, I haven't bought any underwear or anything for a long time. So I said, well, let's add some categories here. Let's put lingerie as a category and, you know, put these different categories. What about shoes and boots? How about handbags and accessories? Anyway, months later, um, she came back and she said, I went from not being able to buy myself underwear to having $10,000 in the bank for the first time in my life saved, saved, you know, so that, you know, taking care of the, the little areas of deprivation in our life, it does shift. It really, really does shift. And, um, it's wonderful. And when you were talking about expansiveness, um, having a more expansive life, one of the diagrams I have in my book is an upside down triangle called the money life drain. So if people, you know, just think of the pressure on our shoulders, you know, just think worry, not enough, no savings, debt, you know, unsatisfied, dissatisfied. And then, you know, it just goes down. So then um, relationships are stressed. You know, I feel like I have to work and earn more. And then I just have this triangle where life force just literally, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, the drain, you know, when you see water going down Mm -hmm. the drain, your life force is just sort of going down the drain. And so the goal is to reverse that triangle. And um, so if you now put the triangle in the right way and you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, the foundation things. And um, so kind of looking up. So that is, I think, what all this does for people. It does help them get out of the money life drain and start having um, a more expansive life. Mm -hmm. You know, that life force when it's like, no, I can't go out to dinner. Well, nobody's going out to dinner these days with COVID. (laughs) We miss that. Hopefully. Yeah, I, I have to say, I, I've learned to cook and I'm not exactly thrilled about it. Um. <laughs> yeah, so we really miss that. But, you know, um, but to have an expensive life, a more expensive life than someone's having, regardless of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is another beautiful thing. You yeah. know, and so there's different ways for people to think of it. Caught in the money life drain. I want to reverse that. Um Mm-hmm. My de- different little levels for getting out of debt and learning to save. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot with triangles. And so when you said, um, I can't remember that word, but when somebody's like not able to, oh, when expand. Expand, yeah. That's, I, yeah, I wanted to kind of bring that yeah. around full circle to what we were talking about at the beginning. That is beautiful to see when a person starts having a more expansive life. It, it is. And I love when they... They're able yeah. to, yeah, they can feel, you can feel it, the empowerment, the heart, the... Because that, I call it the ripple effect, because that's going to ripple out. You know, there when someone is lit up about their life, you know, it might not, and, and hopefully it's not the same as ours because that we need that diversity too. But when somebody's lit up about their life and they have that life force energy that they're emitting, it's contagious. And, you know, I think that's a great way of affecting other people around you too is how I, I challenged someone last week. I said, how good can you get with yourself? This is the challenge that we're laying down. How good can you get with yourself? You're not going to get such a fat head that you won't fit through the door. I promise. But how good can you get with yourself so that 
the there's less chaos going on and there's more living. So this, you know, this is this is it. So I am so grateful <laughs> that you were able to spend this time. Please come back anytime. Um, Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. It's my pleasure, Vicky. I appreciate it. This right. is going to help a lot of people. Um, I feel like it's going to open the possibility for people. Um, and one of the ways I have, I have a, a formula in my coaching. I don't do cookie cutter, but I believe intuition comes first. Then you explore the possibility and then action. So intuition may get them to the podcast. We explored the possibility here. Um, And perhaps the action is to follow up. Oh, so speaking of that, where do we find you? Okay. (laughs) Moneygrit.com. 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 Yes. Also, um, Financial Recovery Institute. I still have that business. I will probably be kind of retiring from that, but... um, financialrecovery.com also and that is the name of my book financial recovery so um and and in financial recovery is where i have the saving your way out of debt program and where i have i do a a monthly free call um on the first monday of every month there's Mm -hmm. you know a link to that for Mm -hmm. people as well so oh i saw that money monday money monthly 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 monday mmm MMM. <laughs> Lots of M's. Micro movements yeah. matter. Uh, yes. And we will put links to everything, but okay. I, I, a lot of people are auditory and I want to honor that. Not everybody is visual. We have very different learners. So um, that's that's uh, something that I strive for is to include everyone. So we will include yeah, that. Well. And thank you so much, truly. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed the discussion. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. I'm so grateful to have you here. It's like a gift to me every week. And speaking of gifts, did you know that you can purchase gift certificates on my website, vickybaird.com, for yourself, for others? You can purchase coaching packages and gift those out. So please head on over to vickybaird.com and purchase your electronic gift certificate.